gentlemen, you don't have enough talent to win on talent alone. Hello and welcome to the Talent Podcast, the only podcast brought to you by the Whale. I am your host, Adam Hess, and with me as always, my co-host, Mike Andretti Regan. Mike, how you doing today? Hey, some dude just signed with Ferrari. It was like a big, I got a notification about it, which is weird because I don't follow F1 on Bleacher Literally Report. stole my fucking bit. I was going to wait for you to do your intro and I was going to ask you your opinion on the fact that Lewis Hamilton's leaving Mercedes for Ferrari. I knew that it was like, it was a name that I recognized, like it was one of the big ones you mentioned. So, Mike, what are your thoughts? Lewis Hamilton to Ferrari? He's going to be 39, 40 years old when the deal starts. He yeah, just I mean, signed a two-year deal with Mercedes, or so we thought. Now it appears to be the LeBron James one-and-one, and, one, and he's going to opt out of the second year. This all leaked. This was not a planned announcement. Like, he's going to be at Mercedes this year, despite the news now coming out that he's leaving Mercedes for Ferrari next year. I mean, good luck against Ford. That's all I got to say. I saw how that movie ended. So. I also saw how the movie Ferrari ended, so. Oh. A lot of, lot of, you know, odd things going on yeah. in the Ferrari cinematic universe these days. Mike, who do you think steps in as the second driver in Mercedes? They got George Russell, who's going to be the 1A now. Who's going to be the 1B? Uh, probably Mario or Luigi. Hmm. They don't really strike me as much as... Uh, <laughs> I guess they drive. I was going to say they don't really strike me as much as drivers. There's a game yeah. where they drive that you can play. Yeah. I mean, personally, when I play Mario Kart, I choose Wario. But What about, uh, where do you think Carlos Sainz ends up? Carlos Sainz? Yeah. Fiat. <laughs> Isn't Fiat part of Ferrari? Fuck if I know. Like, they are both Italian. Yeah. Hmm. And both both dudes show up in the hit Michael Mann movie Ferrari. All right, Mike. Despite the first two minutes and 20 seconds of this podcast, I do insist that we are a football podcast. And uh, we're, what, 12 days out from the Super Bowl? Does that sound right? Yeah, it will be a week on Sunday, so do the math, brother. I'm not going to do it for you. <laughs> Ten days out? Thursday. Well, today's Thursday. Friday, Saturday. It's two. And then another week. So we're like nine days out, if you count today, ten. And we're like almost there, brother. So with the Super Bowl that close on the horizon, Mike, today we must be talking all angles of the Super Bowl, correct? Uh, no, because we do two of these a week and we got a lot of time to kill. <laughs> Well, that's a good point. So you you want to instead spend an entire episode on something that doesn't matter until April? Fuck yeah. Both of our teams are out of this thing, so who really cares about the Super Bowl? It's all about draft prep, baby. Says you, I still think there's a chance the Commanders win the Super Bowl this year. <laughs> Your dad's probably thinking the same thing about the Broncos. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, Mike. So the, we're going we're gonna to talk some draft here, and we're going to be talking mm-hmm. draft a lot in the next few weeks. In fact, we've been coming up with some draft gimmicks, potentially. But today, we're doing it nice and simple. We're wading our way back into the waters that are the draft before we find a way to deconstruct everything as the season goes on. We're in the midst of the Senior Bowl. You been following Senior Bowl at all there, Mike? Oh, hell yeah. I've been checking out the, the highlights and what's been who's been impressing people at practice. Who's impressed you the most at the Senior Bowl, Adam? Uh, Michael Pratt and Spencer Rattler. Spencer the, Rattler ha- has surprisingly this. looked well. <laughs> Spencer Rattler apparently had one of the worst passes of the Senior Bowl. Oh, I've seen like some highlights of him where people are like, Spencer Rattler really having a good day. And I'm like, what? no, no, that's not possible. That can't be a thing. <laughs> they have that one <laughs> offensive lineman. I don't know his name, but I've seen images on him mm-hmm. that he just looks like a perfect rectangle. Oh, 
I think he's like a center. Creep- he's he's like slowly creeping up into like first round mock talk. Mock talk? Mock talk? But he's uh he's just a rectangle man. Yeah. Uh have you know what's cool about the senior bowl? What's that? One, it's like I mean, if people think like paying intense attention to the combine is lame. Senior Bowl, I don't think it's as lame. I think Senior Bowl is cooler because you get to watch actual football practices and then a game. <laughs> um, but it's actually gotten better. Like the people who, the players who go now have like, has gradually increased the caliber of player. Before it would just be like guys who really had no chance of getting drafted high. And so they were trying to save their draft stock by doing anything they could. I mean, now you got guys like Bo Nix and Michael Penix Jr. are there. I mean, you got like second round other like second round players not saying either of those guys are for sure second round well i don't pendix definitely isn't um but you have like second round players who could just be like oh gotta have a good combine or a good pro day and they're going to the fucking senior bowl do you have someone that's been surprising you there since you asked me the question toss it to you as well um lad mcconkey's been playing really good like i think his draft stock is going to shoot up the kid from georgia like i already thought he was like he played good, but um, like the season, but he's played really well. Um, there's been some linemen I really liked. One of them is actually in my top ten, so we'll talk about that. Um, yeah, just I, I pulled up some of the the lists here. Um, Devondre Sweat, he's a defensive lineman out of Texas. Yeah, I note about him um, when he's, we get to another segment. Nice. He's he's been yeah. one of those guys that's been having a, a a good time. All the cornerbacks do. It's been a yeah, been been a big. Senior Bowl for corners. Uh, uh, Quinion Mitchell at Toledo, I believe. Or yeah, Toledo. Been turning some heads. Did I? Did I send you a screenshot of my seven round Commanders mock draft that I did yesterday at like you eleven did. p.m.? You did. I think I, there. I know there was one pick. Where I was like, oh, "That's nice." Yeah. So here's here's my my seven round mock that I did. Uh, I'm just gonna read this off real quick. We don't really need mm-hmm. to go in depth here. Caleb Williams, T.J. Tampa, who's a cornerback out of out of Iowa State. Zach Frazier, center, West Virginia. Junior Collison, linebacker out of Michigan. Cooper Bebe, who's or BB? How do you pronounce that? BB. Yeah, and he's he's uh, another guy at the Senior Bowl K- mm-hmm. at a K State. Darius Robinson at Missouri uh, made a trade with the Giants. Trade back. Christian Jones out of Texas. Jaheim Bell, Florida State, and then some guys in the late sixth and seventh that don't really matter. Okay, so yeah, the two that I was like, oh, nice. So I really like. Uh, Edefuan, I can never pronounce this, Ulo Foscio out of uh, Washington. I really like that pick, the linebacker. And then I also like, I don't know, I mean, I know PFF gave you a B. I really like Junior Colson in the third. I think he might be the best linebacker in this class. But I've been, so we have a, a mutual friend named Marco who's uh, similarly mm-hmm. a Commanders fan. And I have now spent the last 24 hours arguing with him because I, I also sent him my draft. Didn't agree. <laughs> Well, we'll we'll get to coaches later. But after after Dan Quinn got hired, he's now convinced mm-hmm. the Commanders are not drafting a quarterback, and he thinks it's the right move. Oh, okay. That oh, man is a re- psychopath. Real quick, is it just me? Are 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 linebackers the running backs of the defense? Yeah, like people they are. will talk about like how this linebacker is the best linebacker in his class. Great player, lock for the second round. <laughs> You're like, oh, okay. Yeah, because there's a billion of them. Very mm-hmm. few of them stand out head and shoulders above the rest. I mean, think about how much we talked about Fred Warner. When's the last time we talked about a linebacker as much as we've talked about Fred Warner this year? Luke Kuechly. <laughs> no, no. Luke Luke Kuechly, uh, notably retired in Washington, yeah. D.C. How about that? Ron Rivera guy. Well, 
you know, it's not, it's unfortunate Matt Milano got hurt or else you guys would have had to listen to me talk about him all year. Anyone, any other, uh, any other notes you want to hit on? No, let's, let's, uh, let's get into it. We got a stacked, a stacked slate today. How about, is Roman Wilson secretly the best wide receiver in the class? Uh, he's another one who's had a really good uh, senior bowl. And it could be a situation where it's like, oh, you know, Michigan didn't throw the ball a lot. And it turns out this dude's really good. I can't wait for the Patriots to draft J.J. McCarthy. Anyways, <laughs> so we're going to kick it off here. I did. Uh, I did a one-round mock draft, but we're just going to go through the top ten here. Like I said, for those of you who are draft sickos, we're waiting our, our toes into the water, our little toesies. We'll have more in-depth draft coverage as the season goes on. But we're still in the early days. We got months and months and months of draft coverage to kill. So just doing some some top 10 stuff here, just kind of setting a baseline, getting some general draft coverage in. So you ready? Go through my top 10. Hit me. My, my mock draft, my February 1st, 2024, first official mock draft. So for starters, just wanted to get this out of the way. I concocted this around... Before the draft happens, the Raiders trade for Fields. I know it's not like the 1A destination, but I just wanted it to trade him to some place outside of the top 10. Okay. And then do the draft assuming the Bears came in with the – they have the, the two top 10 picks that they already had, no additional picks, as well as no quarterback. Gotcha. So in this universe, Justin Fields is on the Raiders, and it doesn't affect the top 10 in the draft. Gotcha. So first overall, I, of course, went with the Bears, taking Caleb Williams out of USC. The Patrick Mahomes of quarterbacks. Second, Drake May to the Commanders. Um, I'm sure that as soon as my friend Marco hears this, he'll hunt me down and kill me with a crossbow. Number three, went ahead and went with a trade up here. I just don't, I don't see Jaden Daniels actually going number three overall. Maybe I'm just being naive. But it's a guy that we didn't talk about at all. And in fact, LSU fans didn't really seem to like going into the season. And then the second of that season, his numbers blow up. He wins the Heisman. And now we're supposed to buy him as the number three overall draft pick. It's a little extreme. Yeah. So I have the Patriots trading back. The Chargers trading up. So the Chargers, Chargers hop from five to three. They trade five, a 24 second, and Joshua Kelly for the rights to the number three pick. Take Marvin Harrison Jr., I, I got to tell you, in my initial thing here, I thought it'd be so funny if I had them take J.J. McCarthy. <laughs> Herbert's out. McCarthy's in. Yeah. Just running back the Michigan Harbaugh's. So interesting. Given Herbert, Marvin Harrison Jr.? Given Herbert, Marvin Harrison Jr. They definitely need yeah. a wide receiver in the building. Might as well get one of the best ones in the draft. He, yeah, he's one, probably a top top three wide receiver in this draft, do you think? Marvin Harrison Jr., yeah, I think yeah. it's safe to say. He's definitely top three. Because yeah, that, now they have they got Mike Williams, who can't stay healthy, and they have Keenan Allen, who has to be pushing 40. 40 might be generous. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Keenan Allen got drafted the year before Phillips Rivers, right? I think so. Yeah. Got, I think he was in the Marino class. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we call him. Good old Keenan Johnny Unitas Allen. Yeah. Um, fourth, Cardinals take Joe Alt. Cardinals are a team that has to rebuild everywhere. They just got to get something in the building. Patriots, similarly, need to rebuild everywhere. I'm thinking Olu Fashionu. Two tackles off the board in the top five. How about that? No defensive players yet? Number six. The Giants take Malik Neighbors. They finally get an actual wide receiver on the team, so that's cool. 
Number seven, Titans take Romeo Dudze. Um, I, the Titans have a lot of needs. I just don't imagine D-Hop on that team in two years. They're going to need something for Will Levis to overthrow. Number eight, first defensive player off the board. Finally killed the gimmick. Didn't have them taking an offensive piece. I got the Falcons taking Cooper Dijon. Number nine, the Bears, their second pick in the top ten, take Dallas Turner. I know they, they kind of have their edges locked down a little bit. Their defense looked a lot better down the stretch. They probably could have taken an interior defensive line player like Jerzon Newton or something. But edge is such a premium position. You can rotate in edges, and if you have three great edges in the league, then you're about the most dominant pass rush possible. And then rounding out the top ten, I have the Jets taking the aforementioned Jerzon Newton so that Aaron Rodgers can start losing his cool immediately that his team didn't draft a wide receiver. Yeah. Well, the host makes someone, yeah, and they'll make sure someone from his camp leaks that. Because uh, it's not like he already has, like, a really good wide receiver there. <laughs> Alan Lazard, right? Yeah. Um, but your Cooper Dijon pick is really interesting because I think that's one of the really interesting aspects of this draft is going to be how that the uh, cornerback class shakes out who comes off the board first. Because to me, it feels like there's no dead set number one that has it locked down. Yeah, I, I had a similar feeling. I have a bunch of times had like Kool-Aid McKinstry up here, but I can't, from my research, it doesn't seem like anyone has Kool-Aid McKinstry above 15. Yeah, he's he's definitely dropped in a lot of big boards, surprisingly. And that's because, I assume, between the national title game and now, right, he's played a ton of college football games and done poorly. Is that what happened? No, he had another he had another good year. I don't. I honestly don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it either. It's just, it's yeah. weird draft shit where between the very last day of college football, which you could call either the national title game or the senior bowl because those are still college players, and the draft, no one will play a snap of football, but draft boards will shift dramatically. Yeah, like I have one theory. Let me pull them up real quick to look at this. While you do that, Mike, would you care to guess where Jaden Daniels ended up going in the first round of my mock draft? Well, I don't have Tankathon up, but I'm going to guess the Seahawks. Ooh. Seahawks be interesting. They, and, and I got them with Leitu Latu. Okay. Uh, Jaden Daniels went to the Broncos at 12. Interesting. Interesting. Little Jaden Daniels, Jared Stidham. Quarterback competition. Okay, so here was my theory on Kool-Aid. I mean, if you think of this. Because going into the year, he was considered like the top corner in the draft he got targeted 80 times in 2022 he got targeted 39 in 2023 he was just on tv less <laughs> that's that's honestly my theory he was just on tv less so is there a chance he climbs now because people are going to go break down the tape maybe you're a big kool-aid mckinstry guy right Oh yeah, I'm, I'm. I mean, I'm a big Bama guy. I've morphed into that as I've gotten older. Um, they had a phenomenal secondary last year, so there's a lot of guys. Um, there's another guy in that secondary who will be mentioned in an upcoming segment. <laughs> so, Mike, what do you think? Here, I'll run through it again. Just yeah, the players: Caleb Williams, Drake May, Marvin Harrison Jr., Joe Alt, Olu Fashionu, Malik Neighbors, Romeo Dunze, Cooper Dijon, Dallas Turner, Jazan, Jerzan Newton. That is your top ten on my. Uh, inaugural mock draft i don't think it's crazy there's a lot of uh other other sources who would have a lot of similar players going in that same range dallas turner is going to be an interesting one 
just because I, I worry about I don't worry about him. He's gonna be a great player, but his size is an issue for me. At two hundred forty-two is... pounds, like I, you can't. He has to basically be like that outside linebacker pressure guy. What's his arm length? That I don't know. Oh, I was gonna pull it up, but uh, once again, f- my uh, Google's broken because of the goddamn Bing suggestions. Yeah. Six four two forty two. Mm-hmm. And you're worried about his size? Just his weight. I like him to bulk up a little bit to be an actual two hundred forty-two like, pounds, and you're worried about his bulk? Yeah, like I don't in the NFL. Do you think you could like bring him in tight and say go beat that tackle? Who's three fifty or three forty? Chase Young, 6'5", 265, so an inch and 20 more pounds. Just to clarify, I'm not shitting. I think Dallas Turner is a phenomenal player. Like He just constantly wrecked shit and blew up plays in college. Nick Bosa, 6'4", 267. All right, maybe you got something here. Micah yeah. Parsons, 6'3", 245. Okay. Joey Bosa, 6'5", 276. What a fat fucker. <laughs> fat fuck. How about you lose some weight, Joey Bosa? No wonder you get hurt all the time carrying all that extra weight. You know that most of those extra pounds are all his nose? <laughs> yeah. You know Brad Marchand is actually pushing 300 pounds? Yeah. 150 of it, all in the schnozzle. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all the nose weight. That's why whenever he skates, he starts to tip. Um, yeah. All right, Mike, I, part of the gimmick here is you got to give me a grade on this, and we'll come back to this periodically throughout the season, see if my letter grade improves, stays the same, or drops. Ooh. Hmm. Just start now. I'm going to give you a B. I liked it. I liked it. It wasn't perfect, though. I'm going to give you a B. All right. We'll keep track of those during the season. Mm-hmm. See if my grade improves. So the inaugural Adam Hess mock draft. I've only watched one college football game all year. Gets a B. How about you get fucked, Mel Kuyper? Mel Kuyper's just... sitting there watching stuff all day, every day. Can't put together a mock draft better than mine. I um, I was just blown away when you came on here talking about senior uh, senior bowl practices <laughs> i was like all right adam let's go you liked my michael pratt take he's my the most impressive player there yeah who's the uh who's there there's some quarterback at the senior bowl that i was watching clips of who's just fucking sailing the ball over people's head he has like a cannon arm but can't hit the broadside of a barn I'm not. I'm not sure. Is is, is Josh Allen back in the Senior Bowl? Because <laughs> no, I love Josh Allen, great quarterback in the league today. But it's college tape. He had some of that, and the Senior Bowl tape, and his first year in the NFL tape. All right, all right, okay. <laughs> and sometimes still. All right. <laughs> Settled down. Wasn't bad. I'm just saying. All right. What do you think Spencer Rattler goes? I'm getting. I'm getting off topic trying to figure out who this quarterback was, but uh. If you, had to, if you had to pick a round and a team, do you think Spencer Rattler ends up on? Oh, God, a round and a team. Like a late round, like a day three pick by like a – like the Saints. <laughs> they still believe in Derek Carr, but they're not that delusional, so they grab some day three QB. There's some quarterback who I was watching throw the most uncatchable, hardest balls of the day. Like, he must have walked into senior bowl practice and said, I know I'm going to get drafted off pure athleticism, so let me show the scouts here that I could throw the ball over a mountain. 
think it was Joe Milton. Yeah, Joe Milton. There you it go. Was, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it sounded Joe Milton. He has a strong arm. But. Yeah, I was watching like they would run like a 10 yard out and he would throw the ball 35 yards downfield. <laughs> Good shit, Joe Milton. Living the gimmick. Showing like, off that you, arm strength. Th- I know this is the wrong podcast, but did you see The Athletic did their yearly player poll for the NHL? Mm-mm. So what they do is every year they go through and they ask a bunch of players a bunch of random questions like, who's the best player? Who's the worst player? Who has the most punchable face? Who's the best referee? The worst referee? All that kind of stuff. Yeah. And uh, for best goalie, one person voted for uh, Corey Perry. Not Corey Perry. Uh, 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 Price. Carey Price. Mm-hmm. Uh, that guy's just living the gimmick. What a good bit to, in yeah. 2024, vote Carey Price as the best goalie in the league. <laughs> yeah. Fucking sick mm-hmm. jokes, dude. Yeah. Whoever that guy is, that guy's got more personality than anyone else in the NHL. I don't get it. Carey Price doesn't even play. He doesn't play hockey anymore. No, but he won the poll for like three or four straight years because oh, he was gotcha. just in the league. For, like, Okay, Mike, best goalie in the league. Who do you think the players voted for? Like who this actually will, got the most yeah, votes? Who got the most? This will really inform why why the Carey Price thing's funny. I'm going to guess they went with like a a pick that's been around longer at the top. So like Vassy or Igor. Yeah. Vasilevsky. Okay. Who has not been good this year. Yeah. So it, they just like pick old names. So some guy out there picking fucking Carey Price. Ah, love it. Good shit. Carey Price or the, the guy who picked Carey Price and this this young man out of Tennessee, just living the fucking gimmicks, man. Mm-hmm. They're just out here yelling at kids because they're a heel. All right, Mike, next up in our draft talk here, you want to give uh, your big board, the Mike Regan inaugural big board? Yeah, I'm so mad I didn't order my Milk Hyper wig yet for the segment. But <laughs> I think I, if I'm... you just get like the hawk wings, like you go put a bird on top of your head and lay it a little flat, <laughs> it you got be... it nailed, man. Yeah. All right, are you ready for the spicy Mike Regan top 10 big board? Of course. Number one, Will Reichard, kicker out of Alabama. Just kidding. (laughs) Uh, No, it's obviously Marvin Harrison Jr. is the number one overall player in this draft. You won't get picked number one overall. I'm going to have to lose a bet and floss live on Instagram, but (laughs) um, he is the overall best player. I think he has the highest floor. I I, I won't go. I don't think I need to say too much, really about like to defend this pick, but he's such a can't miss prospect in my opinion. Number two, Caleb Williams. Like, are we all done? Have we all moved on past, you know, like USC's record last year and him crying? Like, have we all moved on finally? I haven't. Okay. You haven't Six one two fifteen. So he's just outside of having to get the Bryce young debate of, is he too small? He's is around. He, he's, he's, he's yeah. close. He's, he's on the border of, is he too small? Yeah. His, his ability to extend plays by time, he does those highlight circus plays that people love. He has the arm strength. He has the accuracy. He has everything. So we can all we all need to stop with what his defense caused USC to be last year. It wasn't his fault. Number three, Adam, you don't need to be scared. Drake May, 6'4", 230. You! <laughs> That's a quarterback. He has the arm strength. He's athletic. Um, kind of like a old man football thing here, but dude's a gamer. All right. I remember watching that Clemson game when they were just getting blown out and getting their ass kicked. And it's like the third quarter. They're down by like three scores and he's taken off running. Like, dude, you have an NFL future. You don't have to do that. 
<laughs> like just phone it in. My favorite counterfactual to that, uh, and maybe one of my favorite moments in NFL history, is Super Bowl Fifty, when the Panthers are getting absolute dog walked, mm-hmm. and Cam Newton fumbles a snap and just takes two steps back and lets the Broncos recover it, <laughs> like doesn't even go in. He's like, "Fuck, that guy understands the value <laughs> that he poses to himself." Yes, um, but yeah, I mean, physically he's built like what you want a quarterback to be built like, and then he also has the arm strength and. The, uh, the arm talent. Number four. You can make an argument he should be higher. People, I need you to understand, outside of quarterback, the position that actually that has the next most value in a game is the tackle, in my opinion. And that's left why I have... Left guard, in my opinion. Left guard, okay. Yeah. Um, well, this guy plays left tackle. Uh, he's, you know, what's the guy's name? Michael O'Hare. He's protecting the blind side. He's got Sandra Bullock, you know. Don't you lie to me, Michael. Except in this case, it's don't you lie to me, Joe Alt. My number four, six eight. This dude's six fucking eight. You think you're gonna get leverage when you rush him, and he's six fucking eight? Uh, like for reference sake, Trent Williams is six five, best left tackle in the league, three exactly. inches shorter. Right there, Joel's gonna be way better than Trent Williams. Yeah, Hall of, Hall of Famer. Wait, Go wait, on. wait, wait. You got concerns about Dallas Turner size? Joe Alt is three inches taller than Trent Williams and only four pounds heavier. Yeah, so he's Joe he's, Alt. It's a little skinny. What's good? Joe Twig Alt is what I've been hearing scouts call him. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, Beanpole out there from Notre Dame. He's the top graded offensive lineman in the country this year per PFFF. If you want <laughs> um, reference, go type in Audric Estime highlights, the Notre Dame running back this year. I love him. I think he's going to be a really good like day two pick, like round three. But my God, did Alt just open up massive holes for him? It, it's wild. Number four, this is where shit, or number five, this is where shit starts to get weird for me. Because <laughs> I like this guy. I really like this guy. <laughs> and that's Talise Fuaga, the offensive tackle at Oregon State. Who? Who? Yep. Who the Talise fuck is that? All right, Fuaga. Let's. Okay, scrolling. Still scrolling. Still scrolling. All right, I just got control left. How do you spell his name? <laughs> Uh, let's look his last name up. It's F U A G A. What rankings are you on? What website? Tankathon. Okay. Fifteenth. Fifteenth. Fifteenth overall. Tankathon's big board. Yeah. And I got him up at five? five. I got him at five. Six six three thirty four. All right. He was the second. He, he's a good pass blocker too. But I just wanted to highlight that he was the sec. You don't even have to sort by minimum snap requirements. He had a 90.9 grade in run blocking, which was the second highest in the country. The one player that beat him took 34 snaps compared to his 700. (laughs) So a little bit of a different situation there. He's big. He's physical. He doesn't get pushed back. I I sent you the one highlight of Leitu Latu, one of the top pass rushers in the draft, just getting bullied and thrown into the dirt by him. Just want to point out once again, uh, Fuaga, is that how you say it? Mm -hmm. Fuaga is two inches shorter than Joe Walt and three pounds heavier. 12 pounds heavier. 325 versus 322, according to Tankathon. Oh, I had uh, Fuaga's oh, weight. Oh, man. He must have, weighed in, must have weighed in heavier at the senior bowl. So he's, is he a little chode? Is that what you're getting at here? Well, he's a little chode. You're not pushing this chode around, all right? Number six. We finally got to one of the guys I wouldn't shut up about this season. Rome Odunze. This size speed, fucking highlight reel. 21 of 28 on his contested catches this year, 3.2%. Uh, 
drop uh, drop rate. Six three two thirteen, so like similar to Marvin Harrison Jr. He's got gr- good size for an NFL wide receiver. He's like, I mean, literally, he's fuck it, chuck it up. Odunze's down there somewhere. Yeah, his like, average average per reception seventeen point eight yards. Yeah, and he just so many of his highlights. You go watch it, and he adjusts. He finds that ball and he makes the catch. So. I, I, I fucking love Romeo Dunze. Um, now we're about to get really fucking weird out of me. Ready for this? Yeah. <laughs> Number seven, Terrian Arnold, cornerback out of Alabama, baby. 14th on Tankathon. Yeah, 14th on Tankathon. I don't know why I feel the need to say everybody's um, measurements, but it feels like a very drafty thing to do. Six foot, 193. 13 pass breakups this year. This man will get to the ball, and he will get his hand on it. Like there's plays where he got beat and he did not quit and he closed in and got his hand in there to break up the pass. He can also get downfield to make tackles. He shot up draft boards compared to where he was when the season started. Um, a lot of draft boards now have him ahead of Kool-Aid who he played with this year. Teams tried to pick on him because they didn't want to try to pick on Kool-Aid and it did not work, which brings me to number eight. Wait, before you move on, number yeah. seven, Terry and Arnold. We're not getting enough of this. Can you give me your best draft jargon for him? Oily hips, baby. <laughs> I you were gonna say that's what I set you up for. There you go. I love oily hips. Uh, next up, this was a situation where I knew I wanted to put one of these guys in my top ten. I was debating it, and I was like, "Oh, it's my top ten. I get weird as I want. Fuck it, I'm doing them both." Kool Aid McKinstry, cornerback out of Alabama, six one one ninety five. The difference between him and Arnold. You watch a lot of Kool Aid tape. Nice try beating him. Receivers can do all the moves they want coming off line of scrimmage. Kool-Aid sticks with his man. He plays tight. He forces quarterbacks to make the tough throws, especially going to the sideline. He's really good at just forcing that receiver as tight to the sideline as he can. People, it's just, it's wrong the way he's dropped in draft boards, and I stand by that. So let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Is is your having Terry and Arnold over Kool-Aid McKinstry at all related to the fact that Terry and Arnold has a sack and Kool-Aid doesn't? Yeah, I'll go that, that's 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 big okay. So that one sack, and I was like, ooh, Terrian's got that dog in him. <laughs> All right, number nine, I finally get to my third tackle. Olu Muyiwa Fashionu. So the full name. Government name. 66319. He allowed zero sacks, zero QB hits in his entire college career. <laughs> he is a phenomenal pass blocker. He got better at run blocking this year. It is considered the part of his game he needs to work on a little more but really all fuaga fashion new i don't think you can go wrong with any three i think those are three phenomenal tackles uh in this draft and they're also a player that more teams should take but they won't because they'll be like "Ooh, shiny toy and take like a skill position player um and rounding out my top 10 a lot of people would have Jaden daniels in the spot i'm biased i don't give a shit fuck it i'm doing it michael Penix jr (laughs) all right I don't care that he is a six-year player because you know why? The dude's plug-and-play ready to go for the NFL. Most beautiful deep ball in the game that we saw this year. Great quick release. He's experienced. He's a leader. He can go through his reads. He can actually like dissect the defense when he comes up to uh, behind the center. 6'3", 213, good size. He just had like some top-tier surgeon in the country. I don't know his name check out his knee and be like, yeah, his knee's good. Calm down people. All right. I just, Michael, there when the, you, is yeah. literally no way you think that Michael Penix Jr. is the 10th best player in this draft, right? 
part of his personal biases and a gimmick, yes, because I won't give up my boy. But I can tell you this, wherever he gets drafted, when the year ends and websites do their redrafting the 2024 draft, he will be a lot higher than where he gets drafted. I guarantee it. What what would be the best landing spot for Pennix Jr.? Best landing spot? I mean, when we did our little uh, trade thing last week, I said Seattle trades up to get him. Unless Mike McDonald's like, God, I fucking love Geno Smith. He's going to be our quarterback for the next five years. Well, He's Mike McDonald's is basically the same age as Michael Penix Jr., right? Yeah. <laughs> um, Atlanta will probably pass on him. But I think that would be a good landing spot. Or even Las Vegas wouldn't be a bad landing spot for him either. I wish Denver had better weapons. Which is weird because I feel like two seasons ago we were like the best wide receiver room in the the league. Denver, Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton. And then Jerry Judy just hasn't panned out, which part of it may not be his fault. Well, there's just never been a good wide receiver out of Alabama. Well, that's factually inaccurate. <laughs> so that's my uh, top ten on my big board. I have the right to change that as the year goes on. That is how that works. That's yeah. People typically don't reveal their big board once and go, and I'm done. I'm never changing it. Ever. <laughs> Can't make me. What about your top 10 on the big board for next season? You got that ready? I don't, but I can <laughs> tell you right now, Caleb Downs would be up there. And, and he is the nose tackle for Auburn? No, he's the safety uh, who transferred just transferred from Alabama and did now plays for Ohio State, which I'll mention that later. Um, and Luther Burden III is going to be the top wide receiver in that draft class. Who's going to be the top quarterback? Ooh, that's a good question. You get that Manning kid? Is he going to be in the NFL? No. He'll only be a second year. And he also, I, did, I don't know, think, did they redshirt him this year? I don't know if they did. He's not even going to play next year because Quinn, Quinn Ewers came back to Texas. <laughs> but isn't Quinn Ewers terrible? <laughs> no. He's, at one point, people were projecting him as like a top four QB in this draft class. Yeah, people also projected Sam Howell as a first-round pick, and he got one year of being a starter <laughs> before he's going to get usurped. So, That's yeah, true. Is there any chance Spencer Rattler can be in next year's draft? I kind of just want Spencer Rattler to be in every draft. Is that possible? Can we figure out how to do that? <laughs> sure. I don't. We'd have to change some rules and, and regulations to how this thing works, but I'll, I'll get on it. Yeah, talk to your people. I'll talk to my Tell people. them my ideas. Yeah, we'll do. <laughs> All right, Mike, my other question that I pose to you, for our draft coverage this week. Who will be the steal of day one? Let me uh, let me pull up last year's draft real quick here. And we'll talk about who the steal was from that. And then talk about who the steal will be from this year. So here is... Here, here is your 2023 first round NFL draft. You stop me on players that are potential steals, all right? Okay. Number one, Bryce Young. I'll pause so you can stop me if you think he was a potential <laughs> steal. Mike, your thoughts? No, I, I can't got, help but to uh, tell got, that you're not stopping me here. I'm not stopping you here. I got the list pulled up in front of me, but keep going. Well, it's an audio format. Um, yes. Number two, CJ Stroud. Not a steal because two's too high. Got it. Number no. three, Will Anderson. Number four, Anthony Richardson. Number five, Devon Witherspoon. Number six, Paris Johnson. Number seven, Tyree Wilson. Number eight, Bijan Robinson. Number nine, Jalen Carter. Yeah, I might want to stop you. Jalen Carter? Fucking Christ, man. You just can't get over Jalen Carter. 
Most overrated player in the first round of the draft. I'm going to say it. He's going to win we defensive why, rookie we, of the we, year. We, yeah. He did. He had a dog shit second half of the season. He did. I was going to say rewind the tape like eight weeks ago, and we were all about baby Rhino. That's why I said, man, maybe stop there. But still still top ten. It was just – yeah, you, you can keep going. Darnell Wright out of Chicago. Peter Skaronsky to Tennessee. Jameer Gibbs to Detroit. Luke Van Ness to Green Bay. Broderick Jones to Pittsburgh. Will McDonald to the Jets. Emmanuel Forbes to Washington. Keep going. Mike, you didn't stop me on that one. <laughs> no, nope. You got to go one more. Christian Gonzalez to the New York. New, New, Christian <laughs> Gonzalez to the New England Patriots. And you can stop there. You can definitely stop there. He should have went higher. Possibly one pick higher. If he yeah. didn't get the injury he had, I think he would have had a phenomenal rookie season. It's unfortunate. Yeah. So you're you're going with Christian Gonzalez as the steal of the first round of the draft. No love for Zay Flowers. Dalton Kincaid. Nothing? No, no <laughs> Dalton Kincaid. Okay, just making sure. I All think right. Kincaid went about when he should. I uh I think yeah. I think you either gotta go Zay Flowers or Christian Gonzalez as if you're talking steal, if you're talking the value mm-hmm. you got for where you drafted them. Yeah. I mean, Flowers was the third wide receiver off the board. And somehow yeah. Christian Gonzalez was the second cornerback off the board. As I always love when this happens in the draft. Like Seattle third. took Jack Seattle took Jackson Smith and Jigba at twenty, and then everybody else was like, fuck, the receivers are going. <laughs> and the next three picks were also receivers. So the twenty twenty two draft, it goes uh Drake London at eight. Then Seattle drafts Charles Cross, whatever. Then three straight wide receivers. And then three teams that didn't need wide receivers. And then another wide receiver. And then another wide receiver. Like, it was just the panic that set in. Yeah. Like, in that draft, we somehow had Traylon Burks end up drafted 18. And Jahan Dotson drafted 16. Fuck Jahan Dotson. Had him on my Whoa. fantasy team. Had him on my fantasy Whoa. team, right? Whoa. <laughs> All right, Mike. So, who is going to be the steal? Of day one of the 2024 draft. I'll jot down a few names real quick. Well, Come to mind. Really the question. I, I think this is a deep Devon, uh, <laughs> a deep uh, wide receiver class in general. And I don't even know if this guy will end up going in the first. I think he should. Devontae Walker. There might be a monster in that man. <laughs> he could end up being a steal. His numbers don't jump off the page. He only played like six games this year. And he kind of had a weird college career. Transferred from Kent State. To UNC this year there was some weird thing about the regulations so he had to sit out and they figured that out I don't know but I think he's going to be really good like I'm going to throw this out here it comes back around to the commies second pick of the second round you grab a little Tez Walker put him on the other side of Scurry Terry and have Jahan Dotson in the slot not scoring touchdowns it'll be pretty good yeah I mean we have two picks right at the top of the second mm-hmm and our team needs uh, everything. So I'm not really going to be bitter about most draft picks as long as they work out. Okay. I'll tell you what. No matter who they pick at second, I'm already convinced that that person's going to flop. Yeah. They could pick Troy Polamalu in his prime at second. I'm convinced he's going to flop. <laughs> uh, it's real quick. Some of names I have. Like, it, depending on how far Kool-Aid slides, I think he could be a steal. The Jared Verse talk has, like, disappeared as the year went has gone on and I don't get it. That's like a grown ass man ready to wreak havoc in the NFL. Too small. Uh, 
he's bigger than all the other edge rushers in front of him. Six four two forty eight. How about you put on some fucking weight, Jared Verse? Um, he's bigger than two forty eight. Not according to Tankathon. I uh, just want to point out on the mock draft on Tankathon they have JJ McCarthy going twelfth. Maybe Tankathon we shouldn't use anymore. Yeah, I didn't use Tankathon for any of my research. Uh, let's see. What's a what? Who should I go with here? Who's gonna give me good information? Let's. Right, ESPN. What do you have, Jared Versa? Sorry, that's Sports Center, not ESPN. My bad. I apologize. Yeah, MS, yeah, six four two sixty. I thought he was like solidly a chunky ahead. boy. Jesus, big boy. That's a man big right boy. there. Um, do you think it, like if if we just put two hundred and sixty pounds in a bag? How far could you move that bag? Like lifting it off the ground or am I dragging it? Whatever you want to do. How, you just have to move the bag. That's probably not moving. <laughs> now let me ask you, if you're lined up 12 inches away from the bag and we launch it at you at 12 miles per hour, do you mm-hmm. survive that? I'm dropping down, grabbing the ankle of the bag and just praying. <laughs> And yet we want offensive linemen to stop that pack of weight launching at you at 12 miles per hour. It's pretty unreal. Uh, and the <laughs> other note I have here is I you dropped his name earlier. I don't know why there's like, I at least when I was looking at stuff, I wasn't really seeing much first round buzz around like Tavondre Sweat. When him and Byron Murphy, the two defensive tackles were Texas, were like the strongest part of their defense and had phenomenal years. So I think that's a little weird. All right, Mike, you got any other uh, any other draft thoughts there? You don't have any first-round steals? Oh, I'm the wrong person to ask. I'm going to go with that offensive lineman that you had ranked, like, fifth. Okay. <laughs> That's still the first round, brother. All right. All right, Mike. There is some actual news we have talked about this week. We can't just, you know, mm-hmm. talk about the draft the whole time, despite your insistence, your threatening letters, <laughs> your, your swatting of me while I live stream. That we I only said, talk about the draft. I send you mean telegrams and, and faxes in the middle of the night. I had to learn Morse code just to figure out the threats I was getting. <laughs> Big week for coaching, Mike. All right, you want to talk about the 2025 yeah. <laughs> national champion? <laughs> now let's talk about the coaches. Got to touch on it. All right. All right. So we got to we gotta start off with this insane Bobby Sloak. Not Bobby Sloak. Bobby Sloak signs a new deal with the Texans. He ain't going fucking anywhere. He wasn't yeah. really like a top, top tier contender this year, which is insane because he called a great offense all year. But he's not going anywhere. Ryan Nielsen out of Atlanta ends up not going anywhere. Both those guys, I thought, did so well with what they had. I mean, Mike, I don't know if you know about this, but the Texans had games where they turned Noah Brown into a number one receiver. Do you remember that? I know you don't talk about Noah Brown very often. Oh, yeah, I don't. Um, But I feel like like in the NFL, it takes like a couple, at least a couple years of doing that before teams will come calling. I feel like you're just missing out on on high quality guys. Yeah. I mean, you talk Bobby Slowick, rookie quarterback. His receivers were Tank Dell, a rookie. Um um Robert Woods, Bobby Trees, Noah Brown, and Nico Collins, who was the presumptive 1A, but really it was kind of like the Lakers 3 through 8 where there was really no number 3, there was really no number 8. They were all just kind of the number 1 receiver. Mm-hmm. And he managed to Get him into the playoffs with it. I mean, obviously, yeah. C.J. Stroud, quite a good player, but still pretty impressive. Yeah, especially when you figure, like, 
Damian Pierce disappeared. So parts of the year he was like, all right, Singletary, you're the number one back now. Let's figure yeah. it out. <laughs> Are you saying that you don't think that Devin Singletary is a top 10 running back in this league? I think he's a great like number two change of pace guy. I'm sure he's a really funny guy on the bus. <laughs> great in the room. Great in the yeah. room. Great in the room. <laughs> then the other guy, Ryan Nielsen, who we talked about incessantly during the season, Falcons defensive coordinator. There were some good pieces on that, but the the line was nothing. He had he had a good defensive or a good secondary, and they just managed to be the stoutest run defense all year. Mm-hmm. Never really gave up a ton of points. I mean, a few exceptions, but it's it's hard to not give up thirty points when your quarterback throws two pick sixes. Mm-hmm. Doesn't even get interviews. Damn, insane. Brian Callahan gets hired just off the fucking street because Baker Mayfield managed to play good at quarterback for a year. Ryan Nielsen not even getting interviews. You frame it like that's pretty wild. <laughs> you know what, Josh Harris? Fucking fucking phone me up, man. Maybe I can give you some advice on your coaching search next time. Instead of just hiring Ron Rivera, but white. I'm not bitter. No. I'm not bitter. So first off, in the air, the commanders are going to Detroit to interview Aaron Glenn and Ben Johnson. And Ben Johnson hits them with the ground-to-air missile to destroy the commander's aspirations. By deciding to go back to Detroit, which is coward shit, Ben Johnson, you take that fucking meeting. You fucking coward. What? Oh, I got unfinished business in Detroit. Yeah, have fun with Jared Goff. Not bitter at all. Ben Johnson decides to stay with Detroit for another year. Aaron Glenn also does not get hired anywhere else. Detroit running it back. Now I look like a fucking idiot because I was the king of, oh, this Detroit thing's going to fall apart. They got nothing next year. Then everyone just stays in town. Now I'm going to look dumb as hell. Yeah. Well, I mean, sometimes coordinators are like, oh, yeah, we got something here. I want to see it through. Until after like, after like two or three years. To avoid promotion. Right. But after like a couple more years of not seeing it through, they're like, all right, fuck that. I'm going to go be a coach now. Can you imagine if you went to an accountant and they were like, well, I got a bunch of interviews to become a CPA because I'm a really good accountant. But I really think we got something going here at H&R Block. I didn't want to leave. I thought, this is a good team. I want to keep it together. We could win best H&R block. You can't compare other professions to sport professions. <laughs> it's a different world, different reality. You know what? I could have been the number one overall pick, but I really wanted to stay in college just in case we win the fucking national championship. <laughs> Fuck being a multimillionaire. I want to stay here. I'm sorry Ben Johnson turned you down. <laughs> That was probably the commander's mistake as they put all their eggs in one basket. You know, Ben, I really hope you like Michigan. I hope you fucking love when your state votes for Trump. I hope that makes you super happy. Fucking loser. You and your tiny hands quarterback. Anyways, Ben Johnson doesn't take any job. He's running it back. Lions are going to win 11 games next year now. Dan Campbell, coach of the year. Uh, Seven straight Super Bowls or something, I'm sure. Um, The Seahawks fire... Fire? Hire Mike McDonald, or as you wrote, Mike McSeahawk. Yes. Was you understand funny. that's not even a pun, right? No, not at all. I just thought it was funny. <laughs> you didn't go with Mike McDonald has a farm, E-I-E-I-O? No, because there's no Seahawks on farms. That's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> she came from somewhere back in my <laughs> Legion of Boom? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mike McDonald, now the youngest coach in the NFL. Mike. Who did he beat out to become the youngest coach in the NFL? Definitely Sean McVay, right? Gerard Mayo. Oh, shit. I forgot about him. Who Gerard Mayo beat out Sean McVay. Gotcha. 
Mike Mendal, who, in my my humble opinion, as a lowly uh, sports content creator who recently insulted Ben Johnson for four straight minutes on my podcast, mm-hmm. just I think Mike McDonald was the best co- the best head coach candidate, right? Young There's guy something. ascended through the ranks like crazy, has a ton of NFL experience at different levels of coaching, and just had a defense that should have gotten them to a Super Bowl, as opposed to Ben Johnson, whose offense couldn't do shit in the championship game. I definitely think Way to run South- the ball! <laughs> Way to run the ball with a minute and five seconds left on the clock, Ben Johnson. What a great decision maker. I agree that Mike McDonald and he who shall not be named were the top two candidates uh, in this coaching class as far as first-time head coaches. I didn't realize I was this upset about Ben Johnson until we started the upset. podcast. I don't know if you're mad at Ben Johnson or you're just distraught about Dan Quinn. I don't want to talk about it. You don't, I talk really about don't, it? don't want to talk about it. Don't want to talk about Dan Quinn. Why? All he did was blow the biggest lead in Super Bowl history. All he did is not do anything when Kyle Shanahan wasn't his offensive coordinator. Yeah, Great. You look, I got his uh his record by season pulled up here as a head coach, and that that uh, diagnosis you just gave definitely checks out. Yeah. You know what his coaching career head coach is? 43 and 42. Yeah. He's 500. No, he's 506. <laughs> he looks like he would do amateur porn. That's what. That's my big <laughs> Dan Quinn take. If you told Dan Quinn that he's a 500 coach, you'd be like, no, you forgot the point zero zero six you got to <laughs> add on. 506, bitch. I'm a winning coach. I played in a Super Bowl. He played in a Super Bowl? I thought he just coached one. <laughs> so let me ask you this, Mike. In, the, in this coaching cycle, who do you think is the biggest winner? So, uh, uh, sorry, it might be Detroit because they hung on to Ben Johnson and Aaron Glenn. So that's, that's a, a real call, man. Yeah, that's a pretty good call. And I mean, the Seahawks gambled; they waited and they got their man. So, congrats to them. You sure about that? Sure, they didn't want. Uh, sure, they didn't want Ben Johnson before Ben Johnson turned out to be a quitter. No, I'm sure. Maybe maybe they would have considered him, but I feel like if Pete Carroll was gonna like have give any advice in picking one he would have been like oh yeah mike mcdonald's so i think mike mcdonald's a big winner is my initial mm-hmm. take here yeah because mike mcdonald we for whatever reason we don't know we don't hear about what coaching salaries are it's very annoying but mike mcdonald got to name his fucking price because at that point the options for seattle the viable options for seattle were dan quinn mike vrabel beg pete carroll's forgiveness or bill belichick Mm-hmm. which is four guys that combined to be like 207 years old. That might be, that might be underselling it. They might combine to be like nearly 300 years old. And Mike McDonald, who is now the youngest coach in the NFL and Mike McDonald got to name his fucking price, man. Yeah. I don't, I think the last time I remember hearing a coach's salary was when the Raiders gave Gruden that stupid 10 by 10. Which you know you they just did because Mark Davis didn't really want to have to think about the math too hard. Yeah. <laughs> um, the other winner, I would like to say, uh, big big win for Raheem Morris and the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, that's a good one. I like that hire a lot. I think that he's going to be a good coach. He has past coaching experience. He's only 47, which is very fun to say because it – 
makes it sound like every NFL coach is 95 years old, but he's not extenuatingly old. He came in after Staley left, and Staley was like this defensive prodigy and held together a Rams defense that was mostly staffed by Aaron Donald and late-round picks. Mm-hmm. I think he's I think he's going to be good there. I don't know. Oh, no, I, yeah, I think Raheem Morris is, should do very well, especially if he brings in a good, like, offense. I don't – do they have an OC out there? Or? Uh, Arthur Smith, right? No, I don't think so. No, Arthur that's not Smith, how that works. Arthur Smith in a wig. He's like, oh, my name's Andrew Smith. You know what I didn't know? What? Did you know Ryan Nielsen is the defensive coordinator on the Jags now? I didn't know that either. I yeah, January down. on January 22nd, he signed a, a contract to be the defensive coordinator on the Jags. I think the Jags defense is going to take a step up next year. I really oh. like Ryan Nielsen. Yeah, I wonder why. I guess that was just a matter of the Falcons cleaning house completely. Yeah. Yeah, or, I mean, like, they, it literally, um, there, there's no information about it on his Wikipedia page. I don't know if he got fired or what. So, yeah, kind of weird. Uh, the former, so, Raheem Morris with him takes um, Jimmy Lake, who was a defensive assistant for the Rams, as well as Zach Robinson, who's going to be the offensive coordinator. So that your offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator are two guys that were on the Rams last year, thus expanding the McVay coaching tree even yes. further. The never ending one. The roots go deep. You don't think if if the Dolphins go ahead and hire Leslie Frazier, who they interviewed two weeks ago or two days ago, to be their defensive coordinator, you don't think they're the winner? No. <laughs> no. Well, they kept Ben Johnson, which that was my whole thing. I mean, I, I was kind of hammering it. I thought this Lions team had missed their window because both coordinators were going to leave, and we were going to see the Eagles regression, except instead of Jalen Hurts, who is like had borderline MVP seasons, it was going to be Jared Goff, whose hands are the size of Donald Trump's. So I thought that's where the regression was really c- coming from. So just keeping Ben Johnson in the building kind of saves my their, their outlook for next season. Like, it, I, I don't know how much win share coaches typically are accounted for in betting markets. Mm-hmm. But if I was FanDuel, DraftKings, something like that, I'd probably at least bump their win total up by half compared to where going into this offseason I thought he was getting taken somewhere else. Could you imagine? Like, Dan Campbell seems like the kind of guy who could convince any – like, give the best motivational speech to convince anybody. Like, if Ben Johnson went in there and was like, you know, I have these – people want to interview me. I'm trying to decide what I want to do. Like – Dan Campbell can probably light a fire under anybody's ass to be like, yeah, I'm fucking in, coach. Let's do this. I kind of think of Dan Campbell like John Banner, Boehner, back uh, – or what was his name? The, the old Speaker of the House back in the day, back in the Obama days. Yeah, I think it was Boehner. Yeah. Boehner. Who, yeah, Boehner. It's spelled like Boehner. <laughs> um, <laughs> who, uh, like, I, I kind of think of him like that, but with muscles, because Boehner, Boehner, used to cry all the time. And I kind of think of Dan Campbell as doing that. Like, I just imagine Ben Johnson comes to Dan Campbell and is like, hey, Dan, I'm getting all these head coaching interviews. I'm thinking about taking them. I know we had something here. We really had something going. We we changed the city. And Dan Campbell's, like, already in tears before he starts talking. He's like, I want the best for you, brother. I would do anything for you. I'd run through that brick wall. And then just to prove his point, he does run through the brick wall. Yes. And Ben Johnson's like, I'm staying, coach. We're running it back. <laughs> It makes me, you know the scene in uh, Shorzy where he's crying during the Canadian anthem? Yeah. 
I wonder if like Brian Campbell, Brian Campbell. cries. Not Brian Campbell. <laughs> Dan Campbell uh, cries during the the national anthem on the sidelines. I could see that. What do you? Like sometimes you see players cry at the national anthem. Do you have a more memorable national anthem in your mind than the year Fergie did it for the All Star game? No, but that is, that I remember was that because of the Draymond faces. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we might as well while we're here talk about Dan Quinn a little bit. Okay. So, Mike, what do you think? Dan Quinn hired as the head coach of your favorite team. Um. Oh God. I feel like I think Dan Quinn's a good coordinator. He should have stopped there, man. <laughs> like I don't know. Yeah. He had two winning seasons in his six years in Atlanta. Well, I guess you should really say five and a half. He got canned after starting 2020-0-5. Yeah. Um, like, he had two prime years. Those two, like, tippy-top prime years, Apex Mountain, Matt Ryan, and then that was it. And like you said, Kyle Shanahan in, in the building. So it's a little bit different. They ate to a Super Bowl. Let me didn't ask go you this, well. Mike. What is what do you think the biggest difference between the 2016 Atlanta Falcons and the 2017 Atlanta Falcons was? They won one less game. Uh, it was that Kyle Shanahan left. Oh, okay. And, uh, you know, I'm not not trying to say that Steve Sarkeesian is significantly worse than Kyle Shanahan, but we had Kyle Shanahan in the building in Washington <laughs> at one point. Yes. I do not think we are going to have a new Kyle Shanahan in the building offensive coordinator this year. I think we're going to have Eric Bieniemy, who is not Kyle Shanahan. Correct. Or Sean McVay. Or Kevin O'Connell. Or Matt LaFleur. <laughs> or Mike McDaniels. All who of which were on the staff for that 2013 to 2015 Washington Commanders run. You, you know what's funny? Because you bring up Sark. Uh... He went there that one season, and they went ten and six at a winning record again, and then he bounced. Yeah, where did he go after that? Did he go back to Alabama, Texas? He took the job at Texas. No, he went back to Alabama. I just pulled it up. He did. Yeah. Oh, I thought he went to the one year in Atlanta, then got the Texas job. He was fired December thirty first, twenty eighteen. Went to Alabama as the offensive coordinator. Oh, was and then in he Alabama. Got for, yeah, for for one year one year and some change and then went to yeah. texas i literally wrote about that too in my um on saturday that was all about Saban because i talked about working for Saban being like career rehab i pointed out like him yeah. and lane kiffin how it turned their life and bill o'brien a little bit too we should do at some point during the offseason we should do a draft of coordinators that worked with nick Saban or bill belichick i feel like Saban's have had more eh, probably now it's not true it's like a crapshoot either way. There's just like a few gems that turned out and the rest is poor organizations or college programs who are like, just heard blank worked for blank. And they're like, we'll take them. Let me ask you this, Mike. If we did that draft, how many rounds would it take before someone had to take Matt Patricia? <laughs> Supplemental draft picks at the yeah. very end. 70 <laughs> rounds before we get there. Yeah, it would, it would be, it would be a while. Who was the dude who got the Joe judge? Yeah. Remember he got the job in the job. He was like the special teams coach or some shit. Yeah. Special teams coordinator. <laughs> yeah. And they, they felt like, okay, that's the guy. You see what he used to do with Gatskowski? He's winning <laughs> us a Super Bowl. <laughs> All right. 
so so Dan Quinn, who is just Ron Rivera but white, joins a long list of exceedingly successful Washington Commanders coaches. You know how every time a coach gets hired, they like to tell you, like, this is the blank coach in this, this franchise's history. Mm-hmm. So I'll tell you this. The first coach in Washington's history was in 1932. Holy crap. Player coach. It's an old franchise, man. Yes. So as a player coach, his name was Lud Ray. Lud Ray. And he he was he was supplanted by Lone Star Diaz. That's a fake name. He was running from something. He was wanted somewhere for something. That's his, his name. Mexico. Yeah, his name was actually like I don't know, like like Jack something. That, and it's just, it's just like this white ass dude, and he's like Lone Star Diaz. Nice to meet you. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm pretty sure that was Hitler after World War One. He's coach of the Washington Commanders. He just had this like one really light, like really pale patch of skin in the middle of his lip, from where a mustache <laughs> used to be for a very long time. Okay, I, this was not the point of my exercise here, but there's also uh, John Wachell in Wichell. 1949. His image isn't even him on a football field. It's him in a Navy outfit. That's that's interesting. And of so course, moved. as we all remember, in 1951, Dick Todd. <laughs> Dick Todd. His, his government name isn't even Richard. It was really Dick. It's just Dick Todd. And also, Todd. once again... His uh his image is a baseball card for the Cleveland Indians. So that's <laughs> that's something. <laughs> Dan Quinn gets hired. What number head coach is this for the Washington Commanders? Sorry, I was imagining like the play by play calls when Dick played baseball. That'd be really funny. <laughs> Dick up to the plate, Dick Dot. Dick slides into home. <laughs> Dick makes contact. There it goes. Dick's going deep. Dick is going deep. <laughs> home run. Here's the thing. You never hear about Dick getting to first, second, or third. You only hear Dick about when he's in the home stretch. <laughs> nothing but home runs. Dick's stealing home. Look at that Dick go. Look at Dick go, Dick Todd. Look at Dick slide. Um, <laughs> um, I'm going to guess that Dan Quinn. Hard into the-, the plate for Dick. Anyways. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Ooh, I'm trying to pull it back together. <laughs> so, what number coach is Dan Quinn for the Commanders' history? I don't know. Twenty fifth, thirty first, thirty first. Wow, I undersold 31st. it. You hear the you hear the the Steelers, and it's like ah, this is the ninth coach in Steelers' history. It's the third in their history. Yeah, I thought they only had three. Haven't the Steelers been around since like 1901? I think so. That one dude was there forever, and then Bill Cower, long, long like, time. Like, wasn't Field of Dreams? Wasn't like weren't some of the players there from the Pittsburgh Steelers? <laughs> Why were they showing up to the baseball game? I don't know. There's no one else that played in 1901. It was them. There was some Toronto Maple Leafs there. I'm pretty sure. Okay, how many coaches have the Steelers had? Sixteen. I was totally fucking wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but they've only had three since. 1969. Nice. Nice. Chuck Noel, Bill Cower, and Mike Tomlin. Uh, is the best coach in Washington history Joe Gibbs? Yeah. Twice? Just the first time, really. Just the first time, really? Okay. <laughs> well, the second time, it, it was like fucking 
30 years later or something? Yeah, he got like he got Clinton Portis to a, a wild card around, didn't he? That sounds right. Yeah. 2004-2007, that's the the Clinton Portis era. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we had uh, this isn't the point. We're, we're talking about Dan Quinn. But then we had Jim mm-hmm. Zorn. Do you remember why Jim Zorn Jim Zorn ended up getting pushed out? Why? Because Jim Zorn was like not playing players who wouldn't pray with him before the game. That's yeah, probably a good reason to. Yeah, Jim Zorn was like militantly Christian. That would be obnoxious. <laughs> As a player, that's deal with that. All right, uh, last 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 Commanders trivia question here for you, Mike. Okay. <laughs> who was the last head coach for the Commanders who had a 500 or above winning percentage? Oh. It's not Joe Gibbs. I'm not giving away any information. If it's not Joe Gibbs, I'm going to say Mike Shanahan. Mike Shanahan, at his time of being fired, .375. Jesus Christ. 24 wins, 40 losses. I have no idea. Who was it? It was Joe Gibbs. Okay. 1981 to 1992. Oh, his second run wasn't even even 500? His second run was uh, 469. 30 wins, 34 losses. Oh, damn, Joey. He lost it. It was 20 years later. The league had changed. They had left Joe Gibbs behind. So Dan Quinn continuing to uh, enter into the established lineage of middling to dog shit coaches. Very excited for his tenure. I'm sure that he won't totally call overly conservative plays and kick field goals on fourth and two from the 19-yard line. Hey, well, at least this is, mean, this is mean to say, but at least hopefully after the draft, you'll end the lineage of dog shit quarterbacks. <laughs> Unless Marco gets his way and we draft a tackle. Joe Alt, number two overall? <laughs> Joe Alt can be the next, like, be the greatest tackle of all time. He still can't save Sam Howell from a sack if he holds onto the ball for 10 <laughs> seconds. Sam Howell takes the ball out to a tea party before he throws it. That, that boy does not like to throw the ball away. That man's parents must have abandoned him at a bus station at some point. Yeah. He's, he, he's like, I, I own this. This is part of me now. I can't leave it. Like some child at a Greyhound stop. Yeah. You got any other coaching thoughts there, Mike? Anything yeah. big from the cycle? How do you feel about Joe Brady getting signed on permanently now? It's funny. So I recently, um, it was a couple of days ago, I was watching this video of the Bills Twitter account posted of like every josh allen touchdown this year and it was crazy because you just like could see the difference between dorsey and brady because all the explosive plays disappeared <laughs> <laughs> like our offense became a lot more boring and just like try to march it downfield bit by bit at, at a time so i'm not looking forward to that and you also see like when dorsey was there it was like touchdown digs touchdown digs touchdown digs and then brady took over and no more digs. So uh, I'm not feeling super confident, but we'll, we'll see how it goes. We also promoted our linebackers coach to defensive coordinator. Yeah, and I mean, you can't really blame the linebackers coach for the fact that your linebackers were injured. So that's not right. that's not really on him. No, he did a decent job with what he had after Mono went down between Bernard and Dotson. So I can understand them being like, all right. And uh, one, other, one other coaching piece of news I wanted to get your temperature on, just because it was the team of talent alone for 2023-2024. Arthur mm-hmm. Smith hired as the offensive coordinator for the Steelers. Mike, your instant reaction. Um, 
don't know. Maybe this time has jaded me, and uh, Arthur Smith actually is an amazing offensive coordinator. We'll see how it turns out, but I mean that he could be an amazing offensive coordinator. It doesn't matter when you don't have a quarterback. So uh, they have three quarterbacks, which people tell me are all apparently good. So <laughs> yeah. I like the hire. I think he was good for Tennessee, and he was good for Tennessee when Ryan Tannehill was there. And all th- like Kenny Pickett, Mason Rudolph, Mitch Trubisky. One of them has to be better than Ryan Tannehill, right? It's impossible. All three are worse than Ryan Tannehill. They all might be worse than Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> they all might be worse than Ryan Tannehill. They all might be worse than Ryan Tannehill. I like how we all love to do the Aiden Hutchinson, like, ah, he's from Michigan. He played in Michigan, and he now he went, got drafted by the Detroit Lions. None of us do that with Kenny Pickett. They did, like, on draft day. <laughs> okay. And then he started overthrowing George Pickens, and they were like, all right, we're disowning you. You are no longer you no longer played at Pittsburgh. You know, so there's – are you familiar with the move the God Sham God? You mean the Sham or God? Hit him with the Sham God? Yeah. So yeah, it, yeah. It, it comes from the player God Sham God, who was, like, one of those, like, Hoops Hall Instagram sensations who played in college and never made it in the league. Got made it. it in the association. You think Kenny Pickett's on a similar track? Like, are we going to call the fake slide the picket and no one's really going to know why? Oh, I kind of like that. There, yeah. should be, there should be more of that. Players that, like, crapped out, but they had that one thing they did that got viral for a little while. So, Sh- Should we start trying to get the Michigan rename to the Zegras? <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, we're heading that way, yes. By the way, the most overrated player, the athletic vote, went to mm-hmm. – Went to Zegras. I saw that because I also saw another article you posted that was like, it may have been a podcast topic or something. I saw that popped up in my feed, but it was like, is Trevor Zegras really the most overrated player? That was part of that. Yeah, that was on it the was? athletic. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. All right, Mike. Our final topic I wanted to hit on this this I was gonna say this week, but this Thursday, we have odds out for the next the 2024-2025 FBS champion. Mike, do you care? Do you believe? Do you wager that you can name the top six? I believe. Oh, that's where I go. Um, Ohio State is, has to be on there. Ohio State's number two. Georgia. Georgia's number one. Texas. Texas is number three. Bama. Alabama's number four. Michigan. Michigan's not on there. Oh, wow. They pushed them out. All right. Um. Oregon. Michigan, Michigan's number seven, I should say. Oregon right. is uh, number five. Okay, so I got one more. Yeah, you're missing number six. Mm. Who are people overrating? Don't like. I, they're kind of sneaky. Is it Ole Miss? No, Ole Miss is right behind Michigan, number eight. Okay, okay. Ole Miss a little sneaky there. Uh, fuck. I'm, I'm scratching my head, thinking that's going to help me figure it out. LSU. LSU. Wow. So your top six, Georgia, Ohio State, Texas, Alabama, Oregon, LSU. Didn't have them in my – they're not – LSU's not one of the – I don't take them seriously, put it that way. But they're losing their quarterback and their coach is still faking a southern accent to southern fit accent. in. Yeah. How many, how many po' boys do you think Brian Kelly's slammed since getting hired there? I think he just eats them for media appearances and immediately spits it out like an, an actor on a set. Like in a bucket, yeah. Yeah. So if I set the over-under at one po' boy that Brian Kelly has finished in his time in New Orleans. Hmm. I'm going to take the under. I, don't, I think he's a, he's totally, his, everything's fake about his whole, uh, his whole Baton Rouge Nolens shtick. 
I hope he eventually somehow becomes like the head coach of Boston College so he can start doing a Boston accent. Oh, man. I can't wait to see him walk around with a Dunkin' Donuts cup in his hand constantly. Yeah. Kalen DeBoer did not fake a, a, a Southern accent when he got to Bama. Neither did Coach O. Well, he just co- sounded – Coach yeah. O doesn't sound like a human being. Coach O sounds like someone ripped out his vocal cords in 1982 and then reinserted them the year before he got hired. No, Coach O is literally like if you took all of Baton Rouge, put it into a machine to create a voice. <laughs> it's Coach O. Coach O doesn't get enough credit for being the most insane story in college football in recent memory. Because uh-huh. that man had the best offense in college football history, won a championship, and then retired because he wanted to spend more time having sex with 20-year-olds. Coach O, a man we can all look up to and aspire to be. <laughs> <laughs> what? A career- and Have you seen him? That man is not attractive. Wait, but you hear that voice. He sounds like goo. And you're like, no, you hear that voice and you're like, oh, this guy can, he can do some good fucking. (laughs) I'm surprised that he. Oh, yeah, baby. Oh, yeah. I'm surprised he's had sex without dying, like in his entire life. I'm sure at the end, his heart stops for a second. He just pops (laughs) back up. Makes the orgasm harder. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Mike. If you had to right now. Put a thousand dollars on a team to win the 2024-2025 FBS College Football Championship. Who are you taking? Uh I can't I'm saying this. I'm taking Ohio State. Fucking a, Damn. Craig. Craig. Craig was shocked by that. <laughs> shocked by that. I talked so much shit about him this year, but my God, if they had an off season, now, any like metric you looked up that ranked defenses in college football last year, Ohio State was somewhere in the top three. They're returning nine of their 11 defensive starters. <laughs> and Are they getting C.J. Stroud back by, by any chance? Unfortunately, no. Okay. On, on top of that, after Saban left and Caleb Downs hit the portal, they got Caleb freaking Downs, who literally isn't draft eligible this year. He's already the best safety in, in college football. He will be the top safety on draft boards next year. Like This kid is ridiculously good. They're adding that to that defense. They hit the transfer portal, also got fucking Quayshon Judkins from Ole Miss, who had a monster year. Uh, Abuka's coming back because he had a really bad season last year, but if he's healthy, he could turn out to have another great year, um, similar to what he had before. Like they just, they're going like all in with the moves they're making. My only question is once again the quarterback. We'll see how Will, Will Howard does. He just needs to be better than slightly better than Kyle McCord, and I think they can win a national title. Will Howard currently fourth in Heisman odds. Wow. Care to guess the top three? No. Quinn Ewers, Carson Beck, Dylan Gabriel. Carson Beck. Dylan Gabriel, I get. Like, I had Oregon listed in, like, my other category. Oregon had did really well. They made some transfer moves to try to replace some of the skilled position players they're losing, like Bucky Irvin, Troy Franklin, another great wide receiver in this year's draft. And Dylan Gabriel is going to step in and do great in that damn landing offense. Like, I don't I, – I think Oregon's going to be – Contending with Ohio State to win the Big Ten. Quinn Ewers, number one overall, plus 750. Him and Carson Becker actually tied at plus 750. You know, I don't... I don't know. Like, Texas is just... They made some moves. They made some moves to replace what they lost, but literally their whole wide receiver room is gone. Now, they did get Isaiah Bond, who was a five-star prospect from Alabama. That's, That's a good get. But, like, also on the defensive side of the ball, like, losing Devondre Sweat and Brian Murphy, that's going to be tough to replace. So, I don't 
I don't know. The Texas is they're up there, but I, it'll be interesting to see how that that goes for them. All right, Mike. And then final thing here while we're running out college, you want to pick uh, currently. It's a two and a half point spread American versus national team for the senior bowl. National team is favored by two and a half points, obviously. Yeah. What What do you like there? You like national minus two and a half? You dig American at plus one ten on the money line. Yeah, that's the senior bowl. Like, I don't know how hard like guys are going to go hard to help their draft stock, but they also aren't going to go so hard that they can pull out fucking ACL. <laughs> um. I'll eat the points. Let's, let's go American, baby. American plus two and a half. Oh, sorry. National. I'll eat the points. National let's go national, two baby. And, a half. and then over <laughs> under 39 and a half. Over. Take there you over. have it. According to Mike, take Ohio State parlayed with the national team minus two and a half and over 39 and a half. And uh, that's a stew, baby. That'd be a wild time waiting for that third leg to hit. Got a long way to go. <laughs> you hit your first two and... On a uh, on on like a, a plus whatever, seven hundred and fifty parlay, and you're just sitting there hanging out, you know, waiting, waiting a whole year for that <laughs> third leg, year. baby. <laughs> All right, Mike, you got anything else this week you want to hit on? I think we did it. You got any plugs? You want to get out of here? Yeah, keep a lookout. Follow Adam on Twitter. There's some stuff coming in the pipeline been hard at work been in the lab as the athletes say <laughs> putting the work in um other than that follow me at town alone mike now <laughs> you can you can follow me at town alone adam on uh twitter x and threads also you can follow us at town alone on tiktok we are now posting our little segments i break out from the podcast on there you can also check out our website for our League Pass watchability rankings. We should have something coming out today by Tyler Karkara, uh, assuming everything goes as planned from here on out, and I'm able to get the artwork done for that. And then this weekend, you can check out our Basky episode, which we don't have any good gimmicks for. We had some good gimmicks the last few weeks, but in the near future, we'll we'll re-gimmick it. Got the NHL All-Star game that we'll be diving into, and some weird NBA stuff going on, like the Heat being in an absolute slump to end all slumps. With that, Mike... Just got to shout out your favorite player from the Senior Bowl that has a dick-related last name. Oh, man, I wasn't thinking Senior Bowl. Oh, did you want to shout out the former commander's coach? <laughs> oh, no, I was going to shout out the new one, Dan Dick'em Down Quinn. <laughs> and uh, just a, a quiet bonus shout out to 1951 former Cleveland Indian Washington <laughs> commander's coach, Dick Todd. <laughs>